Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I think he didn't want the scrutiny to of them just like watching his every move. I I wouldn't either. You know, (laughs) I wouldn't want anybody watching my moves if I was moving like that. Damn. (laughs) Boom. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Corazon Chronicles. This is becoming a thing. What's that? The show. It's like the consistency. I'm so here for it. All right, yeah, we are. We have been on a uh, consistent roll, haven't we? Yes. Despite all of the shenanigans and whatnot, um, <laughs> my my mom just got married this past uh, this past weekend. That was fun. <clears throat> yeah, that was a good time, right? You got to meet all my side of the family. I did. I finally met the extended family, and this was also your first wedding. First wedding, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never been to like an actual wedding other than my dad and my stepmom. So yeah, that was cool. I yeah. know your, your reaction. You were like, you've never been to a wedding? Yes. And your family is just as fabulous as I thought they would be. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Yeah. yeah they, I, they, I think they, everybody seemed to sing your praises at the, at the, the ceremony and then at the uh, meet and greet before. Well, you know, I think that's uh, one of those things that can kind of make or break a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It's the family yeah. dynamics, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today because there's a lot of folks who are going to be going through this exact same thing, especially because the holidays are coming up. And uh, yes. if you all have coupled up since, you know, after Christmas of last year, uh, this might be the first time that Boo is meeting the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to be going to Thanksgiving or we're going to be doing Thanksgiving where in your hometown in Mm -hmm. uh, New Jersey, I guess it's okay to say that, right? Yes. And uh, so I've met your mom, your sister and your niece, as you guys know, but it's going to be time to meet your dad face to face instead of like over FaceTime and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, if he doesn't like you, he's it's over. You know, (laughs) I I really would have to like to hear what he has to say about what he doesn't like. (laughs) It was uh, so. Anyways, um, what did, what were your thoughts on my family? You got to meet my abuelo, you got to meet my my abuela and um, my mom's siblings, cousins, and everything. The uncles, all the things. The yeah, I, you know, it felt like a family that was very much like they were here for each other, right? And I feel like I've had the exact same experience, like with my own family. And I don't know if it's a Latino thing or it's just kind of like you know how we were both raised, but right. um, it just seemed like the love was real. There was a lot of genuine, just like happiness and joy and uh, people that know how to party too, which 
you know, Latinos know how to do as well. Yeah, I remember like as soon as they got done saying their I do's and, and doing the kiss and stuff, my Titi was like, all right, let's go get our drink on. Yeah. Like, okay. It's like, we know why we're here. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Drink some water, baby. So, we'll get the gum in. Yeah. So, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I. I'm a little nervous to go to Jersey, but not really. I feel pretty comfortable with it. I guess I, I guess it's going to be meeting your childhood friends. That would be like the most, I don't know. You think it's more significant, potentially? I wouldn't say that. You got okay. to give, give Confei his flowers, too, right? <laughs> that's, the most, that's the most significant. But And then you were, um, all right, let's dive into the topic, right? Because we're already kind of into it. But yeah. um, like, for instance, on my side, I mean, obviously, we were able to like go there and then leave or whatever. So it wasn't like we were stuck out of town somewhere or anything like that. When mm-hmm. we go to Jersey, are we going to be staying at the house? No. Okay. So that was a thing for me. Um, I definitely stay with my parents like when I go and visit alone. They're in the same house that you grew up. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is my childhood home. I was there since I was 12. And so uh, there's a lot of memories in that house. And uh, But it's also not that uh, spacious. Mm. Right? So homes in the Northeast are not the biggest. And... Um, it's a full house. My sister's there, her daughter's there, my parents are there. And so I've been relegated to the attic because um, my sister's in my childhood bedroom. Mm. And so whenever I visit, I'm in the attic, which, you know, is perfectly fine for like me as a normal, you know, single person, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm five two, so like I can fit in most small spaces. <laughs> but the attic actually has like a slanted ceiling and it doesn't have a bedroom big enough for an actual like bed. It's just like a sofa bed. Uh. So when I was thinking about like logistically, is this going to work? Are we going to be comfortable? I was like, nah, I'd rather just like, you know, take the L, go get an Airbnb. And especially because there's only one bathroom in the house too. Like Ooh. one full bathroom. Okay. So okay. we got one, two, three, four, five people competing for a bathroom. Like yeah. it's too much. Um, yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah. That would be. I guess. I guess it would be a lot. So I told my mom, and she was just like, "I understand. I never stay with my mom when I go and visit Puerto Rico. <laughs> blah blah blah." But I could feel a little bit of the like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But you know, I think it's just to make sure that like you're not overwhelmed and that I'm not overwhelmed. Like we can very much kind of control access. Mm -hmm. We can take breaks if we have to, because as much as we love our families, yeah, yeah. sometimes just the constant 24 seven, a lot of personalities, you know, maybe alcohol's involved sometimes (laughs) there's, you know, holidays bring out sometimes some emotions and just a lot of intensity. And so I think it's important to kind of have that space to come back to. And it's literally in the same city. It's like, five minutes down the road. But I, I, it was important for me to just feel like we can control access on both sides. Yeah, I agree. I, um, years ago I brought, uh, my first, the first relationship I was in, I brought her to North Carolina for like a, I think it was a Thanksgiving or something, but we ended up getting a, a, I ended up getting a hotel room because obviously my dad's still in the same house as well. And even though my room is the guest room, it was just, I don't know. And then, you know, plus the whole thing with the stepmom and stuff, I think, like you said, it's nice to kind of regulate your exposure or whatever, if Mm -hmm. if that's what it is, you know? Um, And plus, I mean, my mom was saying that, uh, so for my mom's wedding, they did it at like a, they didn't do it at the resort, at Mm -hmm. the hotel, but everybody, she got a bunch of rooms for the family that was coming in and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, 
my biggest mistake was staying in the same hotel as everybody because, you know, you're walking around or whatever and then you have to meet somebody or, you know, say hi to somebody. Yeah, everybody aunt. just wants to, like, be all up in your shit. Yeah, and then, like, if you want to so. go take a nap, you feel guilty because there's people that are visiting out of town. You're yeah. like, do I need to entertain them? Yes. And next thing you know, you haven't slept in three fucking days. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what her and her new husband are doing today are completely hibernating. I hope they have turned off their notifications. Do not disturb today. Yeah. What would you say? Were you going to get into what we were talking about? Or yeah. Gonna, okay. All right. Yeah. So I have this article from US Today, USA Today, and um, we've got some relationship advice for folks who are going through this, introducing the romantic partner to family. Okay. Let's go. Now, they say that it's very common for people to pick holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas, but relationship experts say while that works... Maybe consider more casual holidays like Fourth of July or Labor Day, uh, just because it's like not so much pressure, right? And there's a lot of stress, I think, around the holidays. It doesn't too. mean as much, right? It doesn't mean as much, and it could just be like just not as intense of a gathering, too, right? Like you're not going to have the same amount of people show up for like a Fourth of July picnic versus right. like Christmas. Yeah, where it's like holy fuck, and... we got like 13 generations of the family here. I can't remember no names. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. You got family from California and stuff coming. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. So they have a couple tips here that I want to share for navigating and avoiding like a real life meet the fuckers disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it could be fun. You yeah, know? Just, hey, you never it could be fun. And I think that leads right into the first tip. Prepare them for the awkward family member. Because we all have that person that's just like a loose fucking cannon and you never really know what's going to go down. I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening right now is picturing somebody. Oh, I'm picturing my dear aunt and I will not say her name, but Lord knows it was always just like, oh, fuck, what's about to go down today? It's always somebody's titi or tío. It is. It's always a titi or tío. Uh, <laughs> They're I'm the just ones... looking, I'm going back through my Rolodex of incidents and I'm just like, yeah, I, and there was a couple <laughs> times where we invited like folks who were outside of the family to like come through and then there was shenanigans associated with this family member. Oh. And there was some people that were like, we're not coming back to your fucking house because yeah. your aunt's out of her mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. fuck, this is crazy. Well, we'll show up for an hour and then we're out. Yeah, so um, experts say you want to set up your person to win, set them up so they're not blindsided. Like, let's say that you're LGBTQ and you have an uncle who comes around Thanksgiving and he's a little awkward, maybe a little politically conservative. Yeah. You want to let your partner know so that they can emotionally prepare for them, you know, themselves and not be blindsided by some crazy ass shit that's set at the Thanksgiving table. Try to steer clear, right? You know, you don't want to necessarily bring up conversations that are going to lead... Um, down some dark roads. This is hilarious because on the 90 day that we were just watching, the the Korean guy was telling his American girlfriend to uh, a, to a sign of disrespect is when you're talking to somebody, uh, one of his family members, and she takes a drink. She's not supposed to maintain eye contact as she takes the drink. She's supposed to pick the cup up and then look away and take a drink and then come back and oh. then look. Wow. Yeah, she was like, I hope I don't forget that. Jesus, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> that was just one of many as well. So. Good Lord. Yeah. Okay. It's also the same case if you've never brought home a same-sex partner before. Mm. Like, let's say this is your first same-sex relationship. You don't want to just show up at mom's house like, hey, ma, here's my girlfriend well, or here's my boyfriend. Right, especially if not everybody knows, you know? I mm -hmm. mean, but that is one hell of a way to let everybody know. I right? mean, let's it'll be go. the holiday to remember. Hey, look, if you're the if you're that boss and your your partner is that boss too, I mean, I, I'm, I would be the one family member that would probably be like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. That took some... 
genitalia. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It also might be a good idea to just kind of give a little context into like who the major people are that you're going to meet potentially. You know, who has kids? Who's married? Um, what are some family traditions if there's anything? Like, do people hug or do they handshake, right? You don't want to be the awkward one that's like, hey, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we don't hug in this family. It's fucking awkward. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. So the next tip. Arrive early and get some quiet time. So experts suggest arriving a few days ahead of time if you're traveling like from out of state. Mm. That way the, imme- the immediate family can meet your partner without being pulled uh, from you know all the demands of hosting and the holidays. You kind of get that quiet time before the storm. Yeah. And your partner doesn't have to meet like all the people all at once. I think it makes sense, right? I think so too. You know, I mean, even being at my mom's wedding and, and having you... Even like even because I was reintroducing myself to people, right? Or people were introducing themselves, and then to have you be right in tow and be like, "Hey, this is Janice. Hey, this is Janice." You know, I I don't remember half the people I shook hands I with, know, I know. and so <laughs> I, I could only imagine that it's a lot of high and buys, you know. So yeah. um, but- maybe name tags, bring name tag stickers. Like I'm terrible with that shit, and it mm. might be funny. But it's also a nice way to kind of like break the ice and, you know, not have people being like, oh, what was your name again? I guess that's you know? true. Yeah. I guess it, it, I think it all depends on your family dynamic. If yeah. you've got like a fun family that's like down for stuff like that, that's yeah. cool too, you know, because I mean, some families are like name tags. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, you know, you, I, I'm fucking I know, terrible with names. I know who you are. I <laughs> fucking gave birth to you. What do you mean? I, I know who you are. I got to put a thingy on here that says I'm your dad. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> for another show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm curious about this. Uh, mm. When I was growing up, I was told you never show up to somebody's house without a gift. Oh, yeah. Was that a policy for you? No, not a policy. My my dad didn't have like a lot of friends. so mm-hmm. um, Or even like family. Yeah, my grandfather's been like that. Mm-hmm. Mainly he's like, you don't show up to someone's house like without your own beer and then like a six pack for the house mm. or something like that. That's yeah. his thing. He's like, well, what kind of beer do they drink? And then bring your own six pack and then bring them a six pack. That way you're not there showing up freeloading. Because my grandfather would do a lot of pig roast and there was a, a, f- a few handful of individuals he would be like, watch. The fucking freeloaders he are like, here. Watch. I've got this full fridge in the, in the thing. I've got liquor and stuff. He's like, but watch the people that show up with some beer for the house, beer for themselves, and then watch the people that show up empty fucking handed. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, the people that showed up empty handed are like, you know, hey, hi, hi, you know, oh, where's the beers at? Oh, go to the garage. There's yeah. a fridge, you know, and next thing you know, they're eight beers deep and you're like okay we all have those family members i remember one of my cousins became the notorious like freeloader that would just come and drink all the fucking alcohol and my parents were like we're gonna stop inviting this guy over because he's an asshole yeah yeah (laughs) my uh my uncle actually went through that for a little while yeah yeah (laughs) um also it's probably a good idea to find out if people even drink at this party because i've also had the awkward experience of bringing alcohol to a sober house oh well that should have been like a that's like a uh that's yeah that's the thing that's like going to a vegan's house and yeah. like, you guys are supposed to tell me these things i'm not going to show up with cocktail weenies absolutely what do you think about offering help too do you think that that's something that you should prep your partner to anticipate doing or do you think that should come from them offer help is in what? like like setting up or like serving or whatever like what's your opinion on that 
like if you go to your family, your 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 partner's family's house, mm-hmm. and then they're setting up, you're supposed to help. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's just something I do out of respect, and like that's kind of how I was taught. You mm-hmm. know, it's the I feel a little awkward sitting around. Yeah. But yeah, for sure, I think that it shows a lot. You know, and then I, you know, especially as a man or the dominant one in the like the relationship, it's nice for the family members to be like, okay, this guy's got some wherewithal. You know, he, he, he's alert of what's going on. He's not just going to, like, detach from what's happening because he's awkward. Yeah. And then go sit on the couch and just kind of stare or thumb through the, the phone. You know, at least he's going to show some initiative, get up, interact with the family, you know, cuss some jokes, slap some asses. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You got to go flirt with all the DTs and stuff, <laughs> man. That's how you're going to get in. You're like, oh, my God, he is so funny. So charming. He's Where so did you handsome. find him? The next thing you know, you're in, bro. You're in. Okay, so let's say it's Thanksgiving, the food's not quite ready yet, y'all are all sitting around the TV, there's a titi over here, there's a tío over here, and shit's kind of awkward and weird and quiet. What, what, they're like separated or something? No, 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 oh, you're oh, just okay. kind of like, there's really no... No conversation No conversation happening. going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, experts suggest maybe having like a little sign between the two of you that it's like, hey, I'm panicking, or I need help, or like... <laughs> Save me from this situation. Either it's a safe word or like some kind of look. I was uh, <laughs> I was just watching an episode of the of Seinfeld. Yeah, and they did this where <laughs> Elaine and Jerry went to like some social gathering, and they're like, "Listen, just start scratching your head if you need to get pulled out of a situation." And yeah, I think that Georgian on it too. But long story short, it it cuts, and she's on a couch on a couch getting pursued by some cramp, like, creepy, cringy guy. <laughs> Jerry, same thing, and everybody's over here. They're all smacking their heads. <laughs> They're like three people in this party smacking their heads and stuff. It's so funny. Yeah, that's so I exactly guess, uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be our thing? I would, I would like it to be like I would just come up and ask you where the bathroom is or something. Okay. And be yeah. like, or, or like, I guess a good one would be, hey, did I leave my wallet in the car mm, or something mm-hmm. like something to have to do with the car to where you have to go look for your keys. And then you all Ooh, meet I've got my keys and it's like, you know what? I think I, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I love that. I have that. never done that before. Yes. I love that. Okay. Another tip. Do not be on your fucking phone. Your mom and your dad are going to be waiting to see if they, if that we do, if we do that at their house. Yeah, they're going to be waiting to see if you do this because my ex was notorious for just like going and sitting in the corner and like avoiding all conversations with people during any like family. Oh, gathering. I meant like the keys thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I, it might be an Easter egg. I might still do it to <laughs> see if they call me out. Go outside to the garage. Uh, hey, babe, did, did I leave my wallet in the room? That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so they recommend just shutting off your phone or don't check it because scrolling and being on your phone really turns families off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, like I said, you're detached. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In conversation with the family, don't only talk about yourself. Even if they keep asking you questions, have a few questions to throw their way as well. Yes. I think that's a good tip. Yeah, that it, I think that's a good tip in anything. I mean, I've done a lot of sales and stuff. And that's one of the one things that they tell you not to do is you don't brag about yourself or put yourself on a pedestal. You always have to ask questions. It's like dating. It's it's just um, psychology 101, I think. You yeah. know, get someone to talk about themselves more than you're talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Topics to avoid. Politics. Yes. Religion. Yes. Abortion. And I mean, any other controversial issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think abortion <laughs> goes with politics instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes. man. Uh, and it's probably not a bad idea to monitor any of your little quirks, like a loud laugh or anything that could be seen as obnoxious. Yeah, some people aren't self-aware. Do you have any obnoxious aware. habits that you're like, trying to not do when you're around folks you're trying to impress? 
I'm not aware of any. <laughs> I usually just kind of wear myself out as it is, yeah. right? But I've never really had anybody tell me too much. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really had anybody say anything, to be honest, if I'm thinking about it. Maybe if I get like a little too drunk or something, you know, maybe. But I don't really make people feel awkward or anything. I'm usually pretty aware of that. Yeah. So I haven't really... You're an observer, I notice. Like, you're yeah. more of just like, let me assess the situation and kind of put myself in it in and out as I want. Yeah, I think that's probably why I'm a little more cautious about, like, what I'm doing or something, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm, I don't really have too many quirks or, you know, I'm not really, like, awkward. I have bad. a loud, obnoxious laugh sometimes. Sometimes I can hear you from across the wedding. Yeah. Venue. Yes, this is true. But you know what's funny? <laughs> You'll definitely hear that when you meet the other women in my family because we, from my grandmother on down, all have the same cackle. My mom has, like, this <laughs> loud, high-pitched, like... <laughs> And I'm like, oh well, there's there's uh there's Mama Dukes. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Oh shit, that's I know funny. She's there. Okay. Uh yeah, I think it's like um at the end of the day, it's good to have your partner be prepared mm-hmm. for whatever comes with your family. Yes. Now I wanna know. Let's say you have the holiday, shit goes left. Okay. You realize Oh, I don't even want to be a part of this fucking family. This yeah. is crazy. Mm-hmm. How do you proceed? Is the family something that you can keep separate from your relationship or is it a deal breaker? I mean, as the person who's coming into the family, it's obviously easy to keep yourself separate, right? So, And then nobody wants to put anybody in an ultimatum, but it depends on how close that person is with their family. You know, If yeah. they're super close, and then it also depends on their reasons for not fucking with you. If they don't fuck with you over some valid things, maybe you're, you've done some shit to you know, abuse their trust, blah, 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 whatever the case is, you know, that they, these are all recipes for disaster, but you know, what about if it's like you coming into the family and you don't like the family, right? Cause they're a red flag. Yeah. I think that if you have valid points, you know, maybe they're toxic, um, you know, a family that I, I was a part of, um, you know, they, there's a lot of fist fighting going on, name calling, everything was fine and dandy on the, on the cover. But then once you, hang out and there's liquor flowing stuff like that next thing you know there's there's fuck yous and then there's like the son wants to fight the dad and you're just like oh i don't even want to be in this i've never been around that Uh so um and then usually i don't know in that certain situation like she understood like she knew her family was fucked up and she was embarrassed by that so she was already kind of like i'm not gonna push them on you no not at all but like still you know maintain and stuff like that but it, it i feel like I feel like if they're close with their family, then you might you might have to try to work something out or try to go find somebody else because you don't ever want to like take someone away from their family. But I think it was also probably a good idea to think about like if you're seriously considering like maybe marrying this person or having kids, and then that family is going to be permanent, right? That's going to be abuela mm-hmm. and abuelo and whatever forever. Mm-hmm. That's when it's really like fuck. Is this am I cool with these people being related to my child? And as a, you know, as a, as a parent, if that's the case and you have, you guys, you have a child in the situation, it's like your responsibility to step up to the plate, be an adult and be like, and stand up for your child or the child's safety, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you never know what's going to happen. And you can always hide behind that excuse and be like, I don't fuck with you guys because we have the little one and this is what you guys do. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to raise them in this kind of chaos. Yeah. And like, you know, most people know they're fucked up. Most people really do know that they act out of hand. They, they know whatever the case is. So if you have valid examples and stuff, then people will most likely just own it and be like, ah, I won't do that again. Or, 
or at least you can kind of let them know and maybe they'll try to govern themselves when they're around you, which is perfect. When you check somebody and and you let them know that they're acting crazy or whatever, and it makes you feel awkward. You don't want to fuck with them anymore. And when they come back around you, they're like a, a, a scolded dog. They're on eggshells in a good way in a respectful way. And then they're just making sure that they're respectful and they don't want to do anything to, to mess anything up. And that's kind of how you want those people. You want those people yeah. in that little playpen. That way they can still be involved because they're family, but to a certain point. Yeah, I like the idea of kind of compartmentalizing people based on their level of toxicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone should get equal access. And uh, you kind of have to enforce those boundaries, especially if it's your family. Like you can't expect your partner to police these people like it's your job. Yeah, my uncle on my dad's side, he was very like he would get real sloppy drunk and stuff. And my dad had to let him know, like, dude, I want you to come around. You're my brother. I want you to be a part of the family and stuff. But when you come over to my house, you can't drink. You know, I mean, it's one thing if you could handle one or two beers, but he's not that guy. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if you're going to come over here, I would rather you come over here for an hour or two sober early, early in the evening. Right. I mean, we start these things at four or five, come over and then leave when it gets dark, go to your bar, go, go do you. But yeah. like, I don't want to deal with this around the family and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think I've really respected that. And I respected my uncle for respecting that too. Cause he was like, you can really respect somebody if they really want to be a part of the family, you know? And, and they know that they're fucked up. It's like, You know, you kind of feel bad for him, but you're like, hey, you're doing what you got to do to try to build this credit to be able to come back around, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. What's your opinion on the family guilt trips about not necessarily spending all the holidays together, right? Because let's say you go from a single person to now you're in a relationship and one of the conversations that you've had is like, okay, we're going to split holidays. So if I Mm. do Thanksgiving with my family this year, then we'll do Thanksgiving next year. What do you do with the family that's not going to get to see you? How do you have those conversations? I think they have to understand that you're in a relationship and these are how these things go, especially if that person you're with is close with their family. You know, if they're a a lone wolf and they don't have shit going on and all of a sudden you guys want to go like on a cruise for Christmas or something, I guess somebody would be upset. But like with my family and like you with your family, we're close with both of our families. I told my family down here already my dog Riley is going to be my proxy to Thanksgiving this year because I'm going to New Jersey to meet Janice's family. And nobody had a, they know nobody batted an eye. Yeah. They were like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, and that was nice because <clears throat> I, I, in the same conversation I told them, but you know, most likely I'll be spending Christmas down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I still have my whole dad side of the family that I have to deal with. I meant those folks. Yeah. Right. And that's like on its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more of like a once a year type of situation and, and kind of like singles him out with it too. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I think that the, the families have to be understanding with it because if anybody was in a new relationship, young, old, whatever, they can picture themselves in that relationship and the thrills and the happiness and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to understand, okay, this is how this is going to be. Yeah. You know, because eventually there might be grandkids or something. And it's like, well, that other side of the family is going to going to have to get the grandbabies for a couple of weeks out of the summer. Mm-hmm. Like things going to have to be chopped up. You know, what about if the families don't get along and you are committing to a relationship where like you're going to have to maintain separate relationships? Yeah. Do you think that's that's a it's OK? I think it's okay. You know, I think it's fine. I think that it's, you know, especially, I mean, if the families are accepting of the partner and just not the partner's family, I think that's pretty easy to navigate, you know, and it, I mean, it might even make things a little bit easier, 
depending on locations and stuff. Right. But, you know, I don't really see, I don't really have like the craving to like want to integrate, you know, it doesn't, it's not like a, I know everybody will get along. So I guess I don't really have that, but you know, I could imagine that being in some type of toxic situation, like we've seen on the 90 day where, you know, his, his wife's getting attacked, her family's getting attacked by his family. He's fighting the the brother. Mm -hmm. I could imagine that's got to be extremely frustrating and toxic as hell. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I, I tried to kind of, force interaction with like my ex's family and like my family and especially after like the first incident there was not going to be fucking hanging out i was like you know at that point my family had kind of made it you know drawn the line in the sand like yeah we don't fuck with your son but we're going to tolerate his ass because he's with our daughter right but it was not like we're ever going to be bffs and it was always just very awkward because just there was they didn't really have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. It just kind of always felt awkward and forced. And so after a while, I was kind of just like, you know what, you do you with your family. I'm gonna do me. Yeah. Uh, we'll spend. When we ended up spending a lot of holidays separate, even though we both. Oh, you and him spent. Yeah, oh, like okay. he would be with his mom and the family, and yeah. I would be with my family. And it was actually way more peaceful for me. But then looking back, I was kind of just like. 
you know, uh, if it's been a while since you've been with somebody in your family or your parents are like, oh, we want to meet them, blah, blah, blah. Or if they're over here trying to, you know, love bomb you and be like, oh, my God, I know we've been together for two months, but I'd really love to go meet your family and love you know, for you to meet mine. And just be careful, you know, be careful because you only meet the family for the first time one time. Mm. So keep first impressions that, yeah, are everything. Exactly. Keep that in mind and just navigate. There's no rush on it. There's no rush on it. There's no rush. You guys can take your time. You know, listen, you'll literally blink. And it'll be Thanksgiving 2024. That's facts. Okay. And so that's just how these things go. <laughs> I have a question, babe. Mm. Because there's a lot of people who think that the holidays is a great time to propose. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is cliche, but it is. Do yeah. you think it's a good idea, though? I think the reason that it's like that is because the fall and the winter is like the couple's time. That's when, you know, all the single thoughts that are running around coughing season yeah everybody's like god i want to feel like i'm with somebody i want to take those pictures for thanksgiving and, that, and then after new year's it's like let's work out for two months so we can go poolside and be single so <laughs> get ready for hot girl summer yeah yeah and, and for all you people that are on the receiving end of that enjoy the ride while it lasts get your, <laughs> take your pictures have your fun soak it up just know that it might not last forever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, holiday proposals are just very cliche. Like, I, I think they're very generic. I feel like a proposal should be something that's very unique to the couple and should be, like, reflective of your story. Mm -hmm. Not just like, hey, I'm going to go to fucking K Jewelers because I saw the commercial and it's like every kiss begins with K, blah, blah, blah. Shout out if you want to sponsor us, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I've always hated the, like, oh, let's do the tri typical cheesy Christmas proposal in front of the fucking fireplace. Well, you know, if it, if, if you're... Unless you all start dating around the holidays. Yeah, yeah. If your storyline happens to tie in with that, don't let us, pers don't let us <laughs> change that. Don't go lose, don't go lose the ring at the beach and, <laughs> you know, just because so. But um, anyway, so yeah. what was the next thing you wanted to get into? Because I know we have a couple of threads that I wanted to share with you. No, that was it for me. Yeah, that's all yeah. you wanted to do? Yeah, so just shout out to all the lovebirds who are introducing the fans. Yes, and if for some reason it doesn't work out for you <laughs> and you end up leaving that situation with some type of trauma, go to betterhelp.com slash cordonsome. <laughs> you guys love the way I plug this, but you have to. These ads are brilliant. Yeah, you need to go. You need to talk to somebody about it and maybe, you know, this time next year, you'll have all your shit figured out and all your baggage cleared up, and maybe you'll be ready to, you know, get the ball rolling again. I love that for you. Love that for you. Okay. <laughs> so, we've got three Am I the Asshole Reddit threads. Damn. I actually had, a had a couple of videos that I wanted to share, too, but okay. we'll, we're, already, we're already pretty deep into the episode. Okay. So, I will save those for the next one, and then I will get into... I know the first two I shared with you, mm -hmm. but this last one is going to be good. Oh, gosh. Okay. This one is... Scandalous? It's, it's something. It's okay. Something. Let's okay. go. Everybody, I will put it up on the screen for you right now, and we'll jump into it. So, am I the asshole for not wanting to invite my dad to my wedding because he didn't tell me he was marrying his mistress? Oh, my God. Welcome to another episode, folks. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. So... It's a little, it's kind of long, so give me a second. All right. I, a female, 26, and my dad, a male, 54, have a somewhat awkward relationship. He tries to get along with me, but I can't trust him 100% because he was unfaithful to my mom, who's 53, uh, twice. The first time uh, was when I was three years old, and from that infidelity, my stepsister was born. Wow. Mess. The second time was when my mom was pregnant with my little brother when I was 11. My mom found out about this infidelity three years after my brother was born. 
and kicked him out of the house. When I was little, my dad would, would, would what could be considered the best dad in the world since he, since he visited me every day, even though we didn't live together, and he was always looking out for me. But after my mom got pregnant, his attitude changed, and he started to put us on the back burner. So I assume she probably got with somebody else, something like that. So when my dad left home, he would come to visit me and my little brother two or three times a week. If we were lucky, he would take us out to eat and take us back to our house. But he always told us that he had no money and didn't want to give didn't want to give more than three twenty five a month in alimony to my mom, probably child support or whatever. Jeez. But three twenty five is not not That's enough. Nothing. So everything re- remained the same until two years later when my mom told me that he was going to marry his mistress. I'm not a temperamental person, and I prefer to talk about things. So I decided to wait quietly for him to call me to talk and give me an invitation. But that never happened. Being close to the date of his wedding, I asked him if we could go to the theater that day, and he just told me that he could not because he was going to be busy. I understood that he had no intention of telling me soon. It was about six months after his wedding, and I decided to ask him directly why he did not tell me that he got married. He nervously told me that he did not know how I would react, but that he could introduce us to his wife. I told him that I did want to meet her. I thought that he was going to tell me a date and that we were going to be able to talk clearly about about it with his wife, but I was wrong. My dad decided to introduce, introduce her to me on my 18th birthday as a surprise. I was very uncomfortable and so was my brother, but uh, neither one of us said anything. I just knew that, I just knew that was the last straw and I, de- I decided I was not going to invite him to my wedding either before she even found a man. I am now about four months away from my wedding to a wonderful man, and I am still keeping my word. My, my mom asked me if my dad was going to walk me down the aisle, but I told her that he was not invited. She got angry and said that I could not exclude my dad from such an important event in my life and that I should let that grudge go, which is crazy because mom's clearly let that go, right? I mean, she, for her to say that, she must have moved on. Um, to wrap it up, she also said that I'm not, a, I'm not a child anymore. She looked so upset, so I started to consider whether, my, whether to tell my dad, but he would still only attend as a guest. My fiancé also thinks that I'm overreacting. In quotes, he thought that my dad had just abandoned me, so he didn't know the whole story. Mm. So am I the asshole for not wanting to invite my dad to my wedding? Sorry, folks, that was long. <laughs> okay, I have a clarifying question before I give my opinion. Okay. This woman that her father married is not the mother of the brother. Not the mother of the brother. So it's the mother rando. Or she said his mistress, so it might be. Okay. Yeah, it might be. It might be. No, you're not the asshole. Like, give me a break. If that was my dad, you're fucking dead to me, sir. Like, come on. Really? Yes. Dang. Like, not only... Okay, once is a mistake. Twice, it's a character trait. Well, the first time, both times are pretty grimy because yeah. the, the, the first time the man conceived a child. That's crazy. And then the second time he did it while his his wife that he already cheated on was carrying his second child, Which third is child. Like, why are you child. having sex with this woman if you're clearly just not into it? It's giving unwell. <laughs> it's giving. Fucking toxic. No, you're not the asshole. Your father is lucky you even talk to him if you do. And he's also lucky that, like, 
his ex-wife, aka your mom, yeah. even acknowledges the fact that he's still on planet Earth and yeah. was like is advocating for him. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, your dad is a piece of shit. But, yeah. but you know, and unfortunately those are like things. I mean, he's got that dog in him, so that and and he's shown it like decades apart. And I mean, he was probably running fast when he was young too. So, unfortunately, you're right for not being able to trust him. You're never going to be able to trust him. No. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you are older, and your dad's on his deathbed, whatever, you know, you, you might think back to the conversation you had with your mother. And, and, and to be able to, like I said, it took a lot for mom to, to, to put her differences aside with the man and be like, regardless, that's still your dad. You're his, you're his daughter, blah, blah, She's blah. She's better than me. Right, that's what I'm saying. So at least if I was the daughter, I, that would weigh heavy on me. If my mom was acting like that and said that, I'd be like, okay, I would start to second guess if if I have like unreasonable feelings or something, right? Because if my if my mom's over here and moves and has moved past it, um, but then... the hurt is not just the mom. No, right? I get it. That's but... what I'm thinking. Like I feel like. I, as the daughter, am also entitled to be hurt by the actions of my father outside of however my mother has resolved those things. Yeah, I guess Because I you fucked up the family, sir. You didn't yeah. just fuck up your marriage. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's almost just like, okay, because mom's over it, I'm supposed to be over it. Mm. No, you fucked this up, sir. All right, so the baby, the, the original mom had the older daughter and the son, mm -hmm. the youngest child, the son. Mm -hmm. And then in between that, he has the stepdaughter, which is... You know, three the years, of three affair. years. Yeah. So, yeah, that's tough. It's a, it's a tough situation. They need better help. <laughs> they, need, they need fucking therapy. They need so much more better help. <laughs> okay. So we have two more. Okay. And I'll do one more, but the next one you're going to do. Okay. And this next one is going to be. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, yes. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the wealth one. Okay, <laughs> this is good. Okay. I, I think that Janice can relate to this one because it's between a uh, it's between like two sisters, and one the oldest sister who's writing it is 38, like Janice, and then her younger sister who she's writing it about is 34, comparable to Janice's sister as well. The storyline is no no. Um, yeah, no relevance no to our experience. No, continu no congruity or whatever. Yeah. But I, I just saw the, the thing, so I was like, why not let her read it? So Okay. Am I the asshole for refusing to lend my sister money and quote-unquote flaunting my wealth? Let's go. Okay. I, 38-year-old female, grew up with my 34-year-old sister and a single mom who passed when we were in our early 20s. We were dirt poor and every day was a constant struggle. I resolved to work hard at school and try to make something better of myself. We grew up in a coastal town and since going to the beach was free, I went there often and fell in love with marine life, became a, a marine biologist and that's what I do today. I'm not the highest up in my sector and I certainly don't make millions, but I'm comfortable and have financial security. My husband has a steady job in teaching and we have a couple of kids. So overall, I'm satisfied with my life and I think my mom would be proud. Very nice. Good for you, sis. Yep. However, my sister is becoming a problem for us. In the past, she's asked us for money and I've always gladly helped her out. She works as a hairstylist and definitely is not in poverty as we were as a child, as children. Um, she has a lovely home and a nice husband, but she's far more entitled over time in asking us for money. And it's honestly pissing me off. And it's crazy because she's winning. Yeah. You know, having a husband and a house. Right. Like, like, why are you asking anybody for money? Right. She asks for considerable amounts without telling us what it's for. When I ask her, she rolls her eyes and mutters something like, it's not like you need it anyway. Damn. 
Damn. Another problem is how she acts in my home. She regularly makes passive aggressive comments about our big empty house and asks how much certain pieces of furniture or ornaments cost. Mm. Pocket watching much? Pocket watching 101. Jesus. <laughs> Recently, she told me she feels I'm too extravagant with my money and says I'm flaunting my wealth by having nice things. She said it makes her jealous and prompts her to ask me for money. Frankly, the way she said it makes me feel like she's blaming me for my success. And I got really annoyed. Gaslighting. Facts. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, my sister asked for money in the same breath and I refused. Since then, she hasn't said a word to me, but my husband, her husband keeps texting me saying she's very upset to the extent of which uh, he feels the same way as my, as my sister is unknown to me. So she's not sure if like the husband is also upset. Right. Or brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Gives a fuck. Um, was I right to put my foot down? Have I unknowingly become an asshole by showing off? Were there other ways I could have stayed on speaking terms with my sister besides giving her money? Boom. Um, your sister is fucking toxic. She is entitled as hell. She's got her own insecurities that she's projecting on you. Um, she's a grown ass woman who needs to talk to a professional because... You should not have to stay small for anybody, but especially your family members that are asking you to stay little and not, quote unquote, offend them by having your shit together. That's all about her and not about you. So, no, you are not the asshole. Yeah, it was like it was real mind boggling to me because I have successful people in my family and I've never like. Or just successful people in general, I've never really felt like their success was my success or, you know, especially with my dad and the company and stuff. I was just so, like, separated from that. But, um, you know, I put myself in that in her position of trying to deal with somebody like that. Um, and I, you know, I always go back to the thing Kevin O'Leary said about someone who wins the lottery. He said the number, the first thing that, well, one of the first things you do is you get an attorney who handles these kind of conversations for you. So if a family member comes to you and asks you for money, you say, look, I, I'm not um, like in control of like my actual like giving out. So you have to like reach out to my attorney and then they can yeah. let you know you guys can talk. That way the attorney is the one to be like, no, it's not financially wise or yeah, we can do this. But the rule is like we can only do it one time. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was brilliant because it, it alleviates all of the drama, right? The awkwardness. And, and the awkwardness yeah. and like the neediness too, you know, you get your one and done. And that's it, you know, and I can't be the bad guy for saying no, because I'm going to go to my attorney and ask him for the money. He's going to tell me no. So yeah. that's why I pay the guy. You know, I'm going to pay the guy to keep me rich. That's just yeah. how this works. So I, I, I'd think about that. And then, um, you know, it would be different if she was like a pill head and she was out here doing dumb shit. But she has like she has like a whole like like a life going on. She's got a career that she could probably do a little bit better in or try harder in. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately she chose the wrong path, yeah. right? She didn't do the four year thing. Everybody preaches it to us when we're young, right? This is the difference between a degree and not, you know, and unfortunately, you know, you went the cosmetology route, which is a little bit quicker, faster, easier, cheaper. I don't know. I don't know any of it, but I'm just saying it's not the marine biology. Degree. She could be so. doing some boss bitch shit though. Like you sure. could be opening up your own salon. Yeah. You could be renting chairs in a place. Mm -hmm. It's just, it sounds like she's intrinsically unmotivated and feels may maybe like her, it's her sister's responsibility to continue mothering her because mm -hmm. she lost 
her mom at such a young age yeah. where she's like, no, your sister's entitled to like create whatever life she wants right. as a fully formed individual. And that does not have to include financially supporting you. Right. And she is not an asshole for saying, no, I'm sorry. You're not disabled. You're not sick. You're not incapable. You're not even, you're not you're even, not even by yourself. Right. You got a whole ass man at the house, <laughs> yeah, sis. Yeah, you yeah. need money. You should be talking to your fucking husband. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then what did you marry this man for? Well, it doesn't have to be for money. It's not that, but it's also Support. like y'all should be struggling together before you start involving somebody else in your struggle. Yeah, and also with a, a sister that's like that, who's been willing to give you money and stuff like that in the past, you know, and then you have this opportunity with like with the thing that with the cosmetology thing, like Janice is saying, you do have the opportunity to do the entre- entrepreneurial thing. Facts. Unfortunately, her with her marine biology thing, it's probably not so easy. No, she's going to so, end up working nonprofit or whatever, and that's not a lot of money either. Right. So the younger sister, she has the opportunity in the bigger sister to be like, hey, I want to open up a hair studio. I, I I would like some money, or if you could help me or borrow whatever they have their yeah. thing, but give me money for that. Right, and I'm sure the older sister would be probably tickled pink to do that. Right? She'd be like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, de- I have more money than I can spend. My mm-hmm. husband's got money. We're straight. Yeah. Obviously, we have expensive things. We'll give you ten thousand dollars to get the lease open and buy a couple of chairs, and you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. That's what family does to put each other on. You know, yeah. we don't just buy each other cars and then pay the rent up for a year and then pay the back paid you know, energy bill that that's not helping family out in the right way, you know? So that's true. Yeah. If you're going to offer help, always make sure that a, it's not money you need to get back because you probably won't. You always have to, that's the number one rule. Sorry to cut you off. It's a gift. The number one rule is you don't ever loan anybody, any money that you're not okay with losing right. That right. That fucking moment, Mm -hmm. right. That moment. So yeah, no, that that's pretty much it. And, um, you're not entitled to anybody's shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just like yeah. she needs a, a lesson in like boundaries and just like what entitlement looks like and why it's not cute. And honestly, they lost their mother when they were in their early 20s. And I know that's probably got to be bad, but at least they grew up. It's not yeah. like she lost her. The older sister had to continue to raise her and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. All, both these chicks were out of the house and doing whatever they had to do. Yeah. You know, and so they did get to grow up with their mom. I will say that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's our thoughts on that one. Now, the last one we've got like almost coming up on an hour here. I'll wrap this one up. If Would, would you like to read this one too? No, go for it, baby. No, yeah, you're yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This one's extra crazy. This one is This is like, this needs to be a movie. Yeah, this one isn't really relationship style. But but it's family. It's family, and either way, that deals with the corazón. Yeah. So We've been talking about family all this episode. Hell yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. Okay, so put it on the screen here for you guys. Am I the the asshole for telling my parents that their plan failed, and they better hope they come up with some plan for my sister's long-term care? My parents had me, 18 years old female, to care for their real daughter, in quotes, Elizabeth, 22. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was born with a whole host of medical issues and disabilities. From the time she was born, it was known she would need someone else to look after her. They had no other kids and realized a couple of years into it that someone would need to take care of her when they were too old or gone. So they decided another kid, someone who was born to, to, to be her caregiver, was a good idea, and then I was born. I knew my whole life what my parents intended for me to do, and I was trained to take care of her from a young age. I could care for my sister before I even started school, and my parents did their best to keep me from getting an education. But that was, thankfully, not allowed to happen. And even though I sucked at school for several years, I saw school as a refuge from home. I wasn't loved at home. I was there to serve a purpose, an employee, and nothing more. It was miserable. I felt like it never really mattered. My parents only cared about Elizabeth's welfare. Mine wasn't even secondary because they put themselves before me too. Wow. They They told me Elizabeth was their daughter and I was her caregiver in training. They also told me that they had no obligation to me, just Elizabeth, because she is their daughter, their real daughter. I never told my, I started planning my escape a year ago. It was when my friends convinced me I deserve better and should have a life. I never got to see them outside of school, but they stood by me. They even got together and bought me a phone so I could talk to them while I was home. I never told my parents I would leave once I turned 18. I also never told them I was planning to further my education. They had pressured me for years to drop out at 16, but I was able to work on my grades and do good enough that I can focus on work now and get money together so I can attend community college next year. I mean, if, if this isn't the story to tell you, you can get up off your ass and go do something. I wow. mean, Jesus, right? Before I, and she's a female, right? So that's huge. Before I left, I told my parents that their plan for me failed, and they better hope they can figure out something else for Elizabeth, Elizabeth's long-term care because I would not take responsibility. I will not be tied down forever. They were yelling at me as I left, and since they did find out about the phone after my friends gave it to me, and they did take my number. They have told me I'm the worst kind of person there is. They said I was selfish, evil, and that I turned my back on poor Elizabeth. That I had a job to do and fuck me for not. All kinds of stuff like that. They said if something happens to them in the morning, Elizabeth is screwed and it will be, my, it will be all my fault. 
Is she the asshole? Oh, my God. First of all, Hollywood script in the making. I told you that was a good one. That shit is crazy. And she's 18 years old going through this right now. Girl, that's the whole reason to cut off your family. Like, I have never met somebody who's had to do that. But I would understand if you just say, fuck this. I have no mom and dad. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you know, she she... Has, I mean, they were trying to trying to get her to drop out at sixteen. She stayed through school. Her friends rallied together, got her a phone. Now she's obviously she's working, like she said, she's throwing some change together, and then she's trying to get herself into community That's college amazing. as an eighteen-year-old girl. Right, you're still a child mentally. Yeah. And especially her being sheltered the whole time and stuff, for her to have that kind of drive is like, that's, you know, that's very prisoner mentality of like, man, I need that. That's like the, the Cuba refugee mentality, right? Like, well, you know, whatever. You could have any analogy. She is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smuggle me a phone. It's like breaking out of the Amish. Yo, that's know? what it reminds me of, too, of just those stories that you hear, even of kids who are like, you know, locked in the basement and shit, and mm-hmm. then, like, they're discovered at, like, 18 years old. Like, yeah. it is insane what people will do. And, honestly, this is why I've always said there should be, like, mental health testing before people are allowed to become parents sometimes. What do they do with the kid if they fail? No, the, before you're even allowed to, like, procreate, right? And then it's like, obviously, we're going down the slippery slope of yeah. eugenics and population <laughs> yeah. control, and we're not even going to go there, okay? I'm not trying to get canceled. But there's a lot of folks who have no fucking business having children out here, okay? Yeah. Like, you got to pass a test to drive a fucking car. You don't got to pass a test to create a whole-ass human being? Come on. Yeah, it's the, ones, crazy. it's the ones that shouldn't be having kids that can have the most. They can, sne- they can sneeze on each other and have triplets. <laughs> Like, damn, God God forbid you got some millionaire couple out here that have to go through six years of Of in vitro and chemicals in their bodies and they're trying to do this and that and they're eating different. And that's crazy. The guy's taking cold showers. Gosh, I really hope that she escapes and moves across the country and disappears off the face of the earth to these human beings because, you know, obviously her sister is no fault in this. She was born disabled and you have parents who just clearly had some twisted fucking vision about what that caretaking would look like you know it's like y'all didn't think okay let me talk to an estate planning attorney and like set up a trust for this child that since we know she's gonna need lifelong care we got 20 something years to save money invest like be fucking normal they were probably broke but you you don't just like default to let's go create a whole other human being and kind of raise her like fucking Cinderella. Well, you know this is right. Well, you know this is this is kind of comparable to back in the day in the 1800s or whatever. You know when when people had a lot of kids because you know you end up having 13 kids. They all take care of each other, right? Well, they take care of each other and they take care of the fucking property. Yeah. You know you got free labor. As soon as that kid's four years old, he's out there picking weeds out of the green beans. Yeah. You know, and then the oldest one who's 18, he's out there herding up all the sheep and That's all facts. that shit. Yeah. You know. And then obviously mom has to keep pumping them out because there's stillborns and all that stuff. So and there's no birth control. All there's none that. of it, right? So every time it's oop, there it is. So mm. that's just crazy. I yeah. just wish her the best, honestly, because yeah. like, that's a crazy ass situation. I but wish we could start a GoFundMe for her. Yo, facts. Like, <laughs> that would be crazy. She's completely within her right to cut those people off. Yeah. You are not the asshole. Yeah, you are not the asshole, girl. Mm. So awesome, awesome, awesome episode. I think yeah, this I was fun. good, right? This uh-huh. was awesome. This was fun. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, and even obviously next week is going to be lit too. I think that we're going to try to do something with your parents when we are in Jersey. <laughs> that might be cool. So there might be a there might be a little duet episode here, and we actually get to hear Janice's parents' love story. Yeah, they've been chomping at the bit to get their time on the mic. We're gonna have to just like give them like a good two and a half, three hour episode <laughs> for real. Yeah. You know, might have to Part take a three. few breaks or something, and. Yeah. Uh, Everybody just open a bottle of wine and just let the stories flow. Let's see what happens. And just put a microphone in the middle of the room. So, <laughs> As a reminder, y'all, if you don't already follow us on social media, please make sure that you follow us on TikTok and Instagram. And make sure that you subscribe to YouTube so you never miss an episode if you're enjoying this live version. If you love listening to us in the car, as I've gotten DMs from folks that are like, oh my God, we love hanging out with you guys in the car while I'm doing my job. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you tune into podcasts. So Corazon Chronicles, you know, we're doing it. Hey Siri, play Corazon Chronicles next episode. Yes, that actually works, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Peace out. <laughs>